So we should we should dive into this because Bill's gonna fall asleep. No, I, I might too because this is this is actually this is we are now officially past my bedtime. So yeah. Poor I, little sleepy I, Scott. I tried to take a little cat nap today and it sort of took and it sort of didn't take so. Cat nap? Ooh, I don't want to even think about that. You're like all naked, laying on a couch, stretching out like. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, ugh. God, no. No, please, no, God. <laughs> and now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spitaro, and those two lazy guys are Scott and Bill. We are two wild Hi. and lazy guys. <laughs> Hey, we're tired. We were sorting my comic book. We were sorting my comic book collection. Not today. It took three <laughs> days. Well, maybe two solid days. That sounds like a bill problem. It's not a problem anymore. Yeah, on the, now I got a catalog. On the so. Scott's iron hand of comics. No, 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 no. Scott, Scott was very accommodating. He was like, "How do you want me to sort this?" I could see, like, in his head, you know, I could hear the Hulk music starting. <laughs> well, I want them sorted by, first we have to sort them by company, and then I want to take the Avengers ones, and we have to sort any Avengers related. And then... Hey, so long as it so long as it makes sense to you. I mean, I, I could kind of see sort of your logic with most of them. It, it would make me nuts, because, you know, you, you had those ones where... You know, if you forget that you you group the you know such and such right, storyline right. together or something, you know that's where I that's where I just went completely alphabetical. That way, there's no mystery. It's not like, okay, what did I group this particular storyline or appearance well, under? You know, it's well, just there. Well, it's like I think, I think with force, like with force works, you ask me and he's like, you're like. Avengers? And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's also Iron Man. And I'm like, ah, no, just put it in F. Ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. When I ordered, put mine in order. I was going to say ordered mine, but that almost sounds like I'm buying them. Uh, but when, when I put mine in order, I had the same kind of thought process, but I put Forceworks in the Fs. And then the one that really kind of took a little bit of like the OCD was really kicking in was like books like giant size Avengers. I want to put with Avengers, but I ended up putting all, but I put all the giant size books, you know, all the giant size, this giant size, that they're all in the G's. They're all together. That was, that was the one where, where I had like the shaky hand as I was doing it. 
Well, I think like <laughs> one of the things that threw Scott off, I'm like, all right, if I can get two runs of a series into a box, we'll do that. So I had like Dazzler and Rom in the same box, and I could just see his eye twitching. Like I used to do that. I used to do it based on what would fit in the box together. But then eventually, I just finally went for the alphabetizing because it's just so much easier when you're looking for yeah, but stuff. That, but I read it on the outside of the box. Yes, yeah, so did I. And, but and that was a recurring joke. What's in the box? I kept bringing out boxes. I was like, I found another box. The ah. last time you guys were here, I had it that way with the. You know, just what fit in the boxes and everything. But since then, I've gone with the alphabetical. And the thing that you have to kind of acclimate yourself to is sometimes you're going to have a run that's going to be split between, excuse me, between two or three boxes. And, you know, you're going to start it in one and then it's going to continue into the next. Yeah, cool. I'm, I, I don't have a problem with that. I did at first, I, I but, so. but I got over it. Yeah, if they if they overflow into you know into another box or whatever, that's that's I take that as a compliment. It's like, damn, I got so many of these, I can't I can't fit them all in one box. <laughs> I think I think the Justice League almost broke you. Uh, that one was rough because because there's like you know to my mind, like, oh know, my god, which I sat down, this? Until I sat down with with your collection of Justice League, to my mind. There was like three Justice League series. There was like the original oh, Justice no. League of America. There was the '80s one with uh, with Giffen and uh, Dimatteis, and then there was the Grant Morrison thing. And then you know, past that, I didn't collect Justice League, so I didn't realize that there was like 45 more series of Justice League. You know, mm-hmm. you've got you know Justice League, Justice League America. Each one of those had had like three three or four series with that yeah, title. Yeah, and those were included and, like and, every 12 issues. Yeah, and then like you had Justice League Unlimited, Justice League Dark, Justice League, you know, in the basement, Justice League this, Justice, and I'm like, Jesus, Wait, don't don't forget uh, JLA, and then like JLA right. something else, yeah. and then Justice League United, Justice League 3000, Justice League 3001. Um, <laughs> See, but that that's <laughs> to me that's I fine. Heard of that? Yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. I I have more of a problem with the idea of when the title of a book changed that bothers me a little bit like uh mm-hmm. having hero for hire in one place then having power man in another place and then luckily right behind that i could put power man and iron fist but you know or tales of suspense and then captain america i had to separate them the only... which i don't like doing that when the title changes but i do the only one of those that's ever bothered me, and and here I will admit that I broke my own rule of everything being strictly alphabetical. The only time that ever bothered me is Saga of the Swamp Thing, um, because somewhere, don't quote me, but it's it's somewhere in the in the 30s or 40s issue of that. It switches back and forth several times. They started moving away from the saga you know saga of the as part of the indicia so some it's like for the first like 30 something issues it's saga the swamp thing and then all of a sudden there's like two or three issues where they dropped it and it was just swamp thing and then it came back and then they dropped it and then it came back and then they dropped it and then eventually they dropped it completely and it just became swamp thing volume two now there's a there's an anal retentive part of my brain that wants to break them out and put them, you know, the saga's here and the swamp thing's there. But then when I go to seek them out, you know, if I want to read them or, or just catalog them or whatever, then I'd be flipping through and go, 
Oh wait, where the hell is this issue? And that, and then I think I have holes in my collection, you know. So I just decided that's it. they're all staying under, and I think I have them still all under Saga, I think, but I, I don't know. One way or the other, they're all together under either Saga or Swamp Thing Volume Two. I'm not sure, but yeah, that made me nuts. I'm like, why would you switch back and forth on the Indicia several times before you know? It, it's just really weird that way. Yeah, that I think I'd give up on, and I would put them. I, I just I, I'd have to sort them together. Uh, and, and the one area where I'm kind of with Bill and I know you don't like it is I have all my Marvels, then I have my DCs and then I have my non-Marvel non-DCs and they're, they're all alpha, you know, they're all alphabetical in their own grouping. That, that doesn't really bother me. I, I mean, I don't do them, you know, I don't do mine that way, but that doesn't bother. I mean, cause that makes a certain amount of logic to me. I mean, when you go into the comic shop, that's how they are. You know, you've got your Marvels, you got your DCs and then you got everything else. And I, I can kind of, I can kind of see that. But again, you know, the, the only time something like that's going to drive me nuts is, you know, when you have those rare, uh, crossovers, you know, then what do you put them under? You know, I put, I put them, in, I put them, Marvel. I put those in the third grouping. There's Marvel, there's DC, and then there's everything else. They go in with everything else. Hmm. Okay. I can kind of see that, I guess. Well, luckily, I, I think I, I already had them about what, 85 to 90% sorted between Marvel, DC, and indie when, when we started. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty good. Yeah. So I at least had gotten it that far, and I had already f- vectored out all the Avengers, Iron Man, Fantastic Four were already relegated to their own boxes. So it was. Wait, the hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's relegated? <laughs> Regulated. Relegated. Sorted. Relegated. Relegated. Regular one. I don't know. I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> I did too, but I'm never going to miss out on the chance to bust your chops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Scott was shocked that I only had one one uh, issue of Saga Swamp's thing. He's like, so that, that, that just means that's something had? we need to. Uh, yeah, I, I was surprised by that, honestly. That, that just means that's something that we're going to have to cover in the future. We're going to have to dig out. Uh, I, I've, I've long wanted to, to do the original uh, Swamp thing, you know, issue one of the original Swamp thing. And I, I thought both you guys said that you've never read it. So that, I, that, I found that kind of shocking because I always figured that was like just one of those things everybody had read, you know. But My uh, saga not, of the Swamp to... Thing run is issues one through four. Done. That's all I got. Of, of Saga? Yeah. Uh, but well, you, you got three more than but neither, but neither of you guys have read the original run, you, you said, right? No, we could cover some of it. I mean, just just the first issue. We we just need to do the first issue some at some point. Just, that, just buy one. That for is a classic. Buy one for me, and we'll do it. Yeah. So Either that I, or um, the there's I'm trying to remember which issue it is. Seven, I think the the Batman issue because I think I, I could be wrong, but off the top of my head, I think that was where I discovered Swamp Thing was the the one where Batman he. Well, I was going to say where Batman shows up, but what it is is Swamp Thing goes to Gotham City and runs afoul of Batman. Um, but that Batman. is a, that's a great issue. 
something. If either of you have the big oversized, I think it's called the Batman Strangest Cases or something to that effect. It's one of the, the limited collector's edition. I think that story is reprinted in there, but it's it's great. It's um, uh, Bernie Wrightson on the art. And I think it's I think it's Len Wein uh, wrote the story, but the, the art is just it's gorgeous. There's there's a shot of Batman in that. That is just, I mean, it's an iconic image of Batman with, like, his cape all. It's like he's standing up on the top of this building, like, between two buildings. And you can see by the, you know, by the illustrations, the wind is just whipping through. And his cape is, like, tightly wrapped around him and flapping in the wind because the wind. I think you've shown us that. I I seem to remember that, too. I think when yeah. we had our Bernie Bernie Wrightson tribute after he passed, I think you showed us that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful piece of art. Anyway, in some ways, we, we're uh, really uh, you know we're just going on and on, but we're not here to cover all of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, wait, I just have one, two. Go more ahead, make your make say. your points. Go ahead, quick. Uh, Time's up. My 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 collection was kind of like a Bizarro version of Scott's collection. It seemed. I have more Marvel than DC, whereas he's more DC than Marvel. Oh, I'm definitely your, a lot more Marvel than DC. I, I would that say was your observation, Scott. Right? You're like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say three quarters of my collection is Marvel. I'd say that's about right for me. Maybe a little more. I got a decent I amount of indie. I got about six boxes of indie books. Um, I, I have two two short boxes of indies. That's it. Yeah, and then, I, honestly, and, because all mine are alphabetized, I, I honestly don't know how many um, indies I, I have you know, compared to, to everything else. I would imagine not that many, maybe maybe a couple long boxes. I really don't know. Well, you took home four, and that's the other thing. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> he's like, you got doubles here. I'm like, uh, I'll keep this one. You can have that one. Over two days. Uh, I'll keep this one. You can have that one. I'll keep this one. You have this one. Okay. All right. Uh, he walks away with four boxes. <laughs> four boxes. Well, that was that was the funny part of it is as we started out the thing, you know, I you had said something about, you know, if there were doubles or what, you know, I, I could have, you know, unless they were, you know, something, you know, really valuable or something like that or, you know, whatever. And I was cool with that. But you had said something like, you know, don't get your hopes up because I really don't have that many doubles. <laughs> And then it worked out to four boxes. I thought that was that was pretty funny. God, on some things I had like triples and quadruples and yeah, you gave me all your all your uh, extraneous copies of what was the X Force number one. I think I wound up with like five copies, something like that. That's four that's the problem copies. when you don't keep track of what you have. Right. You, you just yeah. you end up buying doubles on stuff because you lose track. But anyway, well, I, I, I hate to keep interrupting you guys, but I know where we're no, going no, no. here. If I don't, if I don't keep us on track, we're never covering a book. And I'd like to cover a book. <laughs> and you guys know I'm right about that. Yep. So what we're here yes. today is to do the third part of the terminus factor. You know, we got a lot of irons in the fire. We got the uh, Logan's Run thing going. We got the Terminus Factor going. We got the Thing Hulk thing going. I think there's something else too that we we've got ongoing. So we got to keep these things moving. You don't move, you die. So the, <laughs> the shark. Yes. The third part 
is contained within Thor Annual number number 15. Uh, all the books are from 1990 in this particular uh, run. And just to give the very quick and short synopsis, that is contained on MightyThorFandom.com wiki, which is a new one to me, but Marvel Wiki didn't have it. Uh, the cover is by Ron Friends, and it almost looks to me like it should be a panel inside the book. Uh, and it has Thor kind of, he almost looks like he's in a, like a little bit of a panic, like he's not quite accomplishing what he wants, but he's, he's a floating in, you know, in space above uh, Terminus and, uh, and, you know, the giant me metallic hand is coming in on him while he's again, kind of looking like he's, you know, maybe getting a little frustrated and the brief synopsis is as follows. After bringing Hercules to San Francisco to hunt down the Termini, Thor travels into deep space to seek the original Terminus. A pack of stage two Termini animals assault a nuclear plant. An employee calls the police and Hercules accompanies two officers there. The Termini consume a flask of radioactive fuel and mutate into 10 foot tall stage three creatures, just as Hercules and the police arrive. In space, Thor finds Terminus drifting through space and breaches his armor. Once inside, Thor is psionically assaulted with images of Terminus's past, then physically assaulted by his armor's immune systems that drain his life force and separate him from Mjolnir before casting him back into space. Terminus uses Mjolnir to regain his lance and travels to Earth, leaving Thor adrift. Back on Earth, the Termini merge into a single gigantic Stage 4 creature that bursts through the building's roof just as the true Terminus touches down. Now, just if we had more time to plan this out, we should have had Gene on here, and I'm sure Gene's going to post, my God, you did this and you didn't call me. Because not only is Thor involved, but the reason Terminus, or, yeah, Terminus is in space was because of Quasar. So... Mm -hmm. It's it's two levels that he's going to be annoyed at us that we didn't include him. So sorry, Gene. Sorry. Well, maybe maybe this will maybe this will put a little bit of salve on the wound. Uh, Gene, I am scarfing up quasars as I can find them, and uh, I've been finding a lot of them lately. So I'm not sure where I'm at. Uh, you know how close I am to a complete run, but uh, well, I'm getting there. And, uh, and Bill definitely helped. Bill hooked me up a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. You had a lot of doubles on quasar. So, yeah, I'm, I'm narrowing in. I don't think that's going to put any save on his wound at all. What does he care how many copies you have of it? Because he got me interested in, in actually paying attention to them when I when I chance across them and, and wanting to actually collect them and, and read them at some so, point. So your goal is to bump up the value for Gene of Gene's collection by, by, <laughs> by making it a, a, a wanted series. Let's just yeah, just run with that. Run with that. <laughs> no, but you know, just just to understand, Gene. We would have invited you if, if there was more time. If only there were time. But Bill dropped his glasses and they broke. And we, you know, what can I tell you? So this is the third out of five in this series. Next one we come up with is Avengers West Coast Annual number five, and then it. Final, the final issue of this particular crossover is on in Avengers Annual number 19. So we'll get to those. But for now, let's take a look at this one. Uh, the splash page opens with Thor and Hercules 
actually flying, you know, with with the, you know, through using Mjolnir, uh, but they're both hanging onto his strap, and Hercules just looks I, like I he's... I was like, what is Hercules doing? I'm like, I thought he was flying. I'm like, Hercules can't fly. Wait a minute, all right, he's holding the strap. But it's, and and it's like... if, if you, the word balloons were written correctly, it would say, can you read my mind? <laughs> I think that bird on the left is going, what the... <laughs> So, yeah, it, it just looks a little strange. It doesn't look like Mjolnir's pulling them through space. It looks like Thor is being pulled through, but Hercules is like, la! <laughs> Can you read my mind? Look just a little bit village people somehow. Um... Yeah, well, I'm not particularly crazy about this particular Hercules costume, which is the, you know, the very tight trunks... Uh, the uh, hernia belt, and then uh, <laughs> like a you know the the got the back just, on. The, yeah the the the, the uh, straps that you know just kind of go across each shoulder and then it's just across his chest. Uh, Are those jingle bells on that thing? They look the like they should they should jingle. <laughs> <laughs> jing, 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 so they they're pulling into San Francisco because they got the call from Iron Man telling them about what had happened in our last part of this series. Right, stop stop right there. How, how did how did Thor take a call? <laughs> Mjolnir's got a little uh, little, little phone ID hookup card. on it. His Avengers ID card. <laughs> I think actually that's probably oh, the okay. best way to uh, to, to have it make with. sense because they I I do recall seeing times where they were able to receive messages through the uh, ID card. So I think you got to go mean, with that. I mean, not only I mean, you know, of course, this is what what year is this? this is the nineteen ninety? It's nineteen ninety. Yeah. So not only weren't there you know normal sized telephone you know cell phones then you know a cell phone back then would have been you know the size of you know. Uh, whatever you know, a bread like box. like like a shoebox. Uh, but even today, you know, even modern Thor, I still can't see with like an iPhone or an Android or something. Um, also on this same the same page, I was a little thrown here. Who is the guy working on Machine Man? Because Iron Man is right there without his helmet on, and that guy calls to him and says, "Iron Man, I need you here." So presumably he sees Iron Man without his helmet on. So he's he must be somebody that knows who Iron Man is. Who is this dude? Bill, do you have any recollection from the last issue as to who that could be? Because I'm not really sure. I want to say it could have been the guy that was. Um, remember Gears Garvin. Yeah, but I don't. But Iron Man wouldn't. Tony Stark wouldn't reveal his identity to him. But and he does have it was back to, to him. <laughs> So I thought of that, too, that he does face. have his back to him. Yeah, I, I thought of that. But still, I mean, Tony Stark at this time had pretty distinctive hair. So <laughs> I'm thinking it's Gears Garvin and they, you know, they kind of did a whoopsie by not having his helmet on. I'm trying to remember where Iron Man was in his history at this time, because I've read through this whole era of Iron Man. Isn't but... this the Centurion outfit? Uh, no, no, this is the one, I want to say the one directly after the Centurion, if I'm not mistaken, because mm. remember the Centurion oh, one right. gets, he didn't gets have destroyed that and then he, 
he forged I think it's the one he forged right after that one I think it's either that one or the one after that one because there was the one that he had that with the gold and red armor right after the centurion one that got destroyed and people thought that Iron Man had died he he faked the whole thing to wear secret identity or something he faked the death of an Iron Man and then there was a new Iron Man, or you know, so the public thought that there was a new guy, you know, in a new armor type of thing. So it's, it's somewhere in that era, I think. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm just looking. I just pulled up the cover to the last uh, last annual, and yeah, it is not the Centurion. Yeah, that's got to yeah, be. Remember, I remember last last issue we were commenting about the uh, like the the way the the waist on the costume just didn't look right. It was too smooth. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thor, now, as we record this, only one episode of your coverage of this has come out so far, and I, I wasn't with you for either one, so I'm just curious. Have you guys read this storyline before? No. Oh, a long time ago. Not at all for me. Yeah. I mean, See, I so long ago I, I didn't remember it. <laughs> I think I have all the issues because I was I, I haven't looked beyond these three issues, you know, the, the you know, including this one that you guys have covered so far. But uh, the other ones being Avengers issues, I'm sure I have them. I was a little surprised to find I do have the Iron Man one because the cover didn't ring a bell with me at all. But I, I do have them. But I've never read the storyline. It was one of those you know, it's one of those ones that's been on my list for a while to read. But I went back and. uh you know, in, in order to be up to speed for this episode tonight, I read all three, and uh, I, I, I like it. I'm intrigued by where this is going. Yeah, well, if, if you listen to the first one, you you could you'll <laughs> you're aware that we kind of didn't plan on doing this, and we just kind of decided <laughs> mid-show that we were going to do it. Oh, okay. Just because you liked the first issue? Yeah, we were intrigued enough by the first issue to say, let's see where this goes. Okay. Yep. I can see that. Yeah, that that first issue was good. I thought. I, I really. I was. Uh, I was taken by the art in that one too. I thought the art was really good, but I didn't anticipate. Even though I know it, this sounds really silly because it's right there on the cover, but I didn't anticipate a fight between Iron Man and Captain America, and that was pretty cool. I, I thought that was really interesting. But anyway, yeah. we're not here for the first issue again. No, just, just to let you know, I, I did do my homework. Just anybody <laughs> listening to this, go back and listen to that one again. It's fine. Download it again. So Thor, Thor leaves Hercules to help out with the Termini on Earth while he takes off into space to uh, to to see what he can do there. But because and apparently he did have word from. Uh, Quasar that you know that he had left his he had left Terminus kind of floating out there out in space yeah and when he flies off and leaves Herc there is Herc climbing down the building yeah yeah would it hurt him to just drop I think it would I it may not oh, it may well, not kill him but it Hercules? would hurt him no it wouldn't hurt him but he would destroy public property when he shattered the sidewalk see I don't think it, I don't think it would kill him but I think it would hurt him. I, I don't. I, I don't know why he couldn't Plus just take an elevator down. Destroy. Why couldn't he just go inside? Or oh, I don't know. Why couldn't Thor have taken him to the ground? 
Yeah, I, I found it funny that he didn't, you know, he doesn't complain about that or anything. He just kind of takes it as, you know, just part of the thing, you know, and just starts climbing down, which I guess for somebody with superpowers wouldn't really be that big of a deal. But still, it would it would be an inconvenience. awful inconvenience you know, to be dumped on the roof and then you've got to climb down like 20 stories. Well, it's just like, you know, to go to the equivalent for us would be you ask me to give you a lift somewhere and I leave you three blocks from where you're going, even right. e- even though it's just as easy for me to drop you <laughs> off where you're going. That's as I can get you, buddy. What? With friends like these? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a dick move on yeah. Thor's part. <laughs> Definitely. So we, we cut from them to the nuclear power plant where uh, I, I don't know – the you know all all the termini animals come bursting in. First of all, there's like a I guess it's like a fox and there's I don't know if it's an eagle or a hawk of some sort. But then there's fish and fish. How are the fish actually moving? Because I don't believe fins. there's water. Is is that what they're doing? Because it's just walking weird. on the fins, man. <laughs> walking on fins. Yeah. It, and what was what You're was asking. You're asking for logic in a story where animals mutate from flesh and blood into living metal <laughs> from eating titanium. That, right. This what, what was that book years ago that you covered, Bill? Was it like the brute force or something like that? That's what this yeah. picture reminded me force. of. <laughs> you remember that one? I it's only a vague yeah, oh, memory yeah, at this they, point. Yeah. And one I of them tr- killed, and, and and the bird killed Chuck Norris. Actually took his ear off. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. One of them killed yeah, Norris. I, I, yeah, I, did, I, I didn't looking, notice the, I I didn't notice the ear until you just said it now. Ooh, that's that nasty. ear is definitely separated from that face. That is a yeah. severed ear. I, yeah, I, uh, I had to zoom in on that. I'm like, is that his ear? And yeah, if you zoom in, that is definitely his ear coming off. Yeah, yeah so, so these these nasty. metallic animals come in and they do all sorts of damage to these people with like, you know, very, very quickly. And a lot of it is with like the claws and stuff. And then that, that gives me pause to think about like, okay, so when Hercules gets there, what's to stop them from tearing his flesh? Because he's a Olympian, he's tough. But they're made out of titanium. Yeah, so it seems seems a little bit much. But Hercules is actually signing an autograph for some police when they get the call about the attack to the nuclear uh, plant. And he decides to tag along with them. Uh, and, you know, they give him a ride. And so, then, go ahead. Uh, notice it says police and it says 412. When they radio in their car 317. <laughs> kind of like, um, okay. And then, then I get a Pulp Fiction vibe with Herc in the back seat, waiting for one of the cops to shoot him in the face by accident. I <laughs> wanted to see him drive the car because when he was, yeah, before he, because there's a, a thing here. He says, uh, "Mortals, I must impose upon you to transport me uh, to the place just designated, or else leave your vehicle that I may drive it there." Now, before I read. Further, where he says I've never <laughs> driven a car, I thought, has Herc ever driven a car? That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. I'd like to see that. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. So then, while that's going on, the the cute little metallic animals get their way into some nuclear fuel and become 
the next stage of Terminite. They're no longer cute little metallic animals at that point that are tearing people's flesh asunder. But but we have like a little bunny rabbit. We have a chipmunk. Well, <laughs> the know? guy that's watching it, he's going to die horribly of radiation sickness and poisoning. Oh, he's going to die before they get that far. <laughs> He's not gonna have time. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's not gonna have yeah. time to die of radiation sickness. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, there's a few pages. He gets, uh, yeah, he gets chucked. Yeah, and he gives an ag. He doesn't thing. die from radiation. Yeah, so Hercules and the police come in, but that guy, that guy gets killed, and Hercules, you know, when they shoot the uh, terminus, I don't even know what to call them, termini, okay. uh, un- and it doesn't do anything. He sends them out. Which is, you know, obviously the better move because they would have just gotten killed if they stayed in there. But again, it seems to me like they should be able to tear at Hercules' flesh as well. But maybe they need to stay cute little animals to do that because now they don't have those same claws. He takes two of them and slams them together like Moe with uh, Larry and Curly. Come ye hellish hosts. We're, we're about halfway through this particular story. What do you guys think of the artwork so far? I was really, uh, I was really surprised to look at the because as I was going through the story, I'm like, I really like this art. I had to keep flipping back to see who it was, and it it says here in the credits that it's Herb Trimpey and Mark McKenna and. I really don't see a lot of Trimpy in it. There's there's certain faces I do, but for the most part, I really didn't see the Trimpy in it. I really like the art, and I, and I think a lot of that's got to be Mark McKenna, who I'm kind of sort of familiar with, um, probably mostly from uh, Exiles. He, he uh, had a long stint as the, the inker on Exiles, and, and I was looking at his other credits. I forget what they were at the moment, but it's mostly inker credits. So I'm just I, I'm guessing that it's him shoring up um, Trimpy. But for the most part, I really like the art here, especially uh, page 14, that shot of uh, where Thor penetrates the armor of... Uh, of uh, Terminus and goes inside that shot of him inside. Just is, is, there's something about that. It looks really cool. It's nicely colored. It's nicely rendered that that's a really nice piece of art. So yeah, I kind of like the art in this. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think I, you know, I agree with you. I don't see a lot of the things that make it stand out as being trimpy. Uh, it seems to me to be exceptionally very clean, which I guess you got to give credit to McKenna for that. Uh, and I, I'm I'm really not, you know, that's the probably the thing about Trimpy that's most distinguishable is the way he draws faces, and I'm not really seeing it here. Right. So, so he must have done a lot of uh, you know heavy inking on it to eliminate anything that looked stylistic. But as far as there's the, a few the layouts and stuff, it's it's I think it's well done. Yeah, there there's a there's a couple, um, not but there's not a lot. But in like top of page nineteen, that's definitely a trimpy face on Thor. And then a couple pages later, where he's getting attacked by the leeches, um, the metallic it, leeches. Yeah, it just looks a little weird that his face, where he's screaming and in, in pain, look it just looks a little bizarre. Um, the middle of page 21, the, the elongated strip right in the middle, that's a trimpy face on Thor. But overall, uh, 
yeah, I was really taken by this. I, I thought it was they're they're a good pair up. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded seeing them do some more stuff together. But uh, just getting back to the story, Thor is out in space. We join him, and he finds the Terminus body floating in space, and uh, he's unable to pro propel himself in any direction since Quasar broke. Uh, this huge lance he once did wield, but the, apparently the lance is still with him, even though it's broken. Uh, and Thor, yeah, he can't reach it. Broken, broke it. <laughs> so, so, so really, I mean, ultimately we're going to get to this, but if Thor left him alone, they would have been better off. <laughs> anyway, he he, yeah. go, he goes and he attacks the floating body, and and gets he actually why, gets why flicked away. Go out there, because because he he's. <laughs> He has reason what? to believe that what's going on on Earth is related to Terminus, based upon what I guess Iron Man and Captain America have uh, deciphered so far. And right. for some reason, he feels the need to go out. I guess he figures if he goes out, that Terminus is causing what's happening on Earth, and that he's going to stop it by going to the source. Okay. I mean, it does. It, it, it makes some sense if you think of it. Uh, you know, the big, the biggest problem is, is where do they get the conceit that Terminus is causing this? I don't think right. there's been anything clear. You know, that's that was distinctive that said that. But right. but they did come to the conclusion that they were Termini and somehow you know related to him. Anyway, so uh, I like I like when the, the the Terminus hand just flicks him away. Doink. <laughs> Doink. Swat. Ow. And he continues to attack and decides he's going to strike through. He gets a running start and then we get the page. He, he bursts through Terminus's chest and uh, we get the, the page that, that you were just talking about. And that it is a really sharp page and it kind of shows Thor in the internal workings of Terminus's body, which seems to be a combination of almost a cyborg kind of thing, organs and machinery. Right. And then, then he gets, you know, overcome by some sort of, uh, Terminus's mind. He can't just let the war of minds begin. But unfortunately Thor was unarmed. Yeah. So, so I was unaware of this power that he references that uh, apparently Odin gave him the power to mentally link up with, with other beings. I, I don't remember ever. Yeah, it was in the uh, last annual uh, plot. <laughs> right. So we see how the Celestials uh, defeated the race that Terminus came from, uh, who were... Uh, just an evil race, and as as they as they lay dying, they decided to perpetuate themselves through creating this creature that would destroy planets. Nice guys. What a dick move. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of like a like a Superman story. They they just they shoot their the last survivor of their race off before the planet's destroyed. That's not an uncommon. <laughs> that's not an uncommon. Uh, comic book trope i mean there's been other series that, that had that yeah you know beta ray bill is kind of that thing and uh i think the stranger is supposed to be that as well even galactus is 
you know, the collection of the former whatever. But just have it twisted on its ear that they purposely did it to make him evil. It's kind of cool. Right. Terminus, yeah. the spoiler to, of planets. To get a revenge that they themselves will never will never get to appreciate. They'll never, you know, they didn't live to see any of it. It was just... With our, you know, it's it's like a con move, you know, with the, with my dying breath, I stab yeah. at the, you know. It's yeah, like, exactly. What, what a dick move. <laughs> I know I'm going to screw somebody out there. Right, sometime, exactly. Eventually. Yeah, exactly. So, now, now, Thor's in there, and I guess it's almost like Terminus's antibodies that he's, you know, these things are going after him inside. And on uh, on page 19, uh I don't know how much how much SpongeBob you've watched, but these guys, these things that are coming after him, look like a combination of you know cockroaches and plankton. <laughs> and then then the uh, yeah, I mean it's, he's just getting buffeted around oh, here. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, okay, now, yeah. You see the plankton looking guys? It took me a second. Yes, I got yeah. it now. Yes, and yeah. they steal his hammer. He's getting bounced around until they finally send the leeches after him. And basically they treat him. The Thunder God himself is but a, but a minor organic toxin, and they eject him from the uh, the body. But, but... Just going, patooey! But they keep Mjolnir in there so that... Which so... Goes, they're, I guess they're not living because they're robots. They can lift Mjolnir. Uh, like yeah, the vision. I, I was, I was, yeah, I was kind of wondering about mm. that too. Or because it's space, there's no gravity, so it doesn't count. I, I think you already explained it earlier when you said plot. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't isn't didn't he go into the body with Mjolnir? Not the body. <laughs> I of the body. I come. But if if he w- if he went out if he went in with it, and then it's just ex- and is just expelled without it, they're not really lifting it so much, as it's just in there. Right. That's what I said. There's no maybe there's no gravity. They're just kind of pushing it around. But then. Terminus is able to he's not wheel- use it, propel. He's able to get his lance because he's got Mjolnir. Well, what I, the way Mjolnir. I'm the way I'm kind of explaining that is he propels Thor from his body, and when he propels Thor from his body, Mjolnir automatically follows. But if Mjolnir is still within his body, that's going to move his body towards his lance. Does that make sense? You just don't like it because you don't like it because it does make sense. <laughs> no, because it says your hammer has provided the final power needed to regenerate my lance floating just beyond my reach, right. and then that, and now that is whole again. So he did, and and it comes to my psychic call. So he didn't push his body to the lance. He drew the lance to himself because the lance was repowered because Terminus had the hammer. Okay. And we we certainly Thanks know Terminus. Hammer, I, we know I Terminus is not worthy. <laughs> that, that much is a given. Right. Yeah. So okay, maybe that's poor writing. Then we'll we'll go with that. 
So while that's going on, Hercules is battling, what do we got, about six different Termini yeah. creatures? And they're really annoying because anything he says, they, they start like repeating it. <laughs> they just mock it back to him, yeah. Just say, Zounds, Zounds are an asshole. An asshole, asshole, asshole. <laughs> But little little by little, they all start like bur- merging together and yeah. become yeah. one yeah. very big yeah. Termini. They do force the Vanquish to merge with them. Ew. And it bursts forth into the light of day. If the the Termini, if such a name doth still apply, hath now the size and likeness of that false Terminus we Avengers did fight in the Antarctic, though different in two in subtle ways, and hath a metal tail instead of a lance. And then, but then as he's bursting forth, we see... The actual Terminus, Hercules is saying, can Terminus be far behind as we see the actual Terminus landing nearby? Using his lances to slow him down to land at the planet. That's another pretty cool splash page. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty well drawn. And the coloring is cool. And then yeah. it says, to be continued in the pages of Avengers West Coast Annual, assuming we can squeeze this clash of towering titans into nothing small, into anything smaller than San Francisco Bay. And that's the it's end of... San Francisco Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of part three. So what'd you boys think? Ride, terminus, ride, upon my mystery lance. I like it. I, I like how it's it's ramping up and you can feel that you know you can feel the the threat level go up i like how more more heroes keep getting sucked into the story um you know now we're going to go from you know where it's just a couple of heroes to presumably you know because it's going to be avengers west coast next it should be a whole team of heroes and then then the avengers after that Yeah, and, and I'm uh, just, you know, I haven't read it, but I'm just assuming it's going to be the Avengers and the West Coast Avengers. We're going to have everybody, you know, it's going to be all hands on deck. Yeah, and I, I love that kind of a story, you know, comic book wise. I love that kind of a story where it's, you know, as you say, all hands on deck. So, yeah, this this is, it's getting exciting. Yeah, it is. I think each issue now, three issues along, it's ramped up a little bit with each issue. And now that that closing panel of you know the the actual terminus landing while the termini is standing there and hercules like you know looking tiny uh it it makes me want to pick up the next issue right away yeah definitely yeah i have not read ahead but i'm i'm really curious where this is going because there's a lot of great possibilities just on this final page are they going to you know the the terminus is the termini are they going to fight are they going to merge into a, you know a ginormous terminus you know together what what's going to happen here but one way or the other you know it's it's not going to be good for you know for the environment around them no matter what happens so. yeah exactly yeah, this this I, I guess the best solution for the environment around them is if they do fight each other because then at least maybe one of them will take the other one out right yeah but I, I would imagine that's not what's going to happen because you know if you're going to do a five issue series, you got to figure at the end of four, at the fourth issue, either, either it should look absolutely hopeless or we should just get a clue as to how they're going to attack one or the other. But just to have the first one 
defeat the second one. Unless the first one defeats the second one and then absorbs him. Right. That would make it acceptable because then it's, you know, you get to that it's always darkest before the dawn kind of thing. So I could, I could, I think that wouldn't, that would not be a bad way to go. But we'll see when we get to the next issue. In the meanwhile, let's rate this one. Uh, I would say the cover is pretty cool. Uh, I'm not crazy about Thor's face in it, though. Just like from from yeah, from a story perspective, yeah. it kind of fits. I'm talking about the expression on his face. It fits the story yeah. perspective, but from a I see this on the newsstand. I don't want to see Thor looking like he's ready to cry. Uh, so I'm. I'm I think it's it's good, but it's not as good as it could be. So I'm going to say a B. The interior art, I think, is nice and clean. I think the storytelling is very well done. I think it's got a couple of exceptional pictures in it, in particular the the, the splash pages. Um, I'm going to say an A- minus on the interior art. I really like it. And the story, it, it's got me wanting more. So I'm going to say an A on the story, and I'm going to give the book overall an A-. minus. I'll go next. Um, go ahead. I really like the cover with, as you say, with the exception of Thor, uh, with the exception of his face. And I noticed something. Is it just me or is his head too small for his body? <laughs> yeah, it does look good. It almost looks like he has a different, like, yeah, like a different head. Like, you know, like somebody drew the body and somebody else like, po- you know, pasted on a head from a different figure or something. But he does. He's He's got an expression that doesn't seem to fit this piece of artwork because i love everything about this except the expression on his face which is kind of like a yeah kind of expression so yeah it's it's just weird um so yeah i think i would go uh like an a minus on the cover it just needs a different different thor head essentially or, or you could put a, a <laughs> word balloon on terminus and say so what are you gonna do now cry <laughs> <laughs> Interior art uh, again, you know, I, I'm I'm shocked to you know to see that this is Herb Trimpey, which now I, I, I'm not trying to be harsh about Trimpey because there is a lot of Herb Trimpey I like, but I just I don't remember latter day Herb Trimpey like you know a, from around this time being to my liking. So you know to have really liked this as much as I did was a little bit surprising to me, but I, I really do. I, I think it it looks really good. Um, I think it's very nicely inked. I think the coloring is great. Um, there are a couple of wonky panels, but for the most part, I, I really did like this. And, uh, you know, some of the uh, splash pages we pointed out are particularly good. And I really like the flashback or, or origin story sequence of Terminus with the Celestials and all that I thought looked really good to it. It's a, you know, it has a nice sci-fi look to it uh and i like the coloring of it as well because i don't know if this is supposed to be the color of the alien world or if it's colored this way because it is a flashback but it it works really well either way um so yeah i I really like the interior art i think i would go uh i think i'd go an a minus on the interior art as well I, i really dug it and despite this being an outfit i don't much care for i i really liked how herc was drawn because uh hercules is uh, is one of my favorite uh, like second tier Marvel characters. I've always been a big fan of Hercules ever since the the Bob Layton miniseries that he that he did with the character. Um, and then story wise, I think I'm going to go a straight up A on the story because I'm digging this. I'm I'm really 
as goofy as it is, you know, robot animals and all this goofy shit that's going on, I still really like it. And like I say, you you could really feel the threat level ramp up over all three issues so far because it's you know it started out as a little virusy thing, and then it turned into something else. And at the you know the end of the last issue, they thought, oh okay, we got this licked, and then they realized at the very end of the story, oh wait shit, you know it's 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 out bigger, you know it's spread to more animals than we thought. And so you could feel that that threat level ramp up, and then you know jump into this one, and it's okay, we've had to call in the big guns. We've called in Thor, you know? And then Thor uh, and his buddy Herc are even having difficulty with the situation. You, you, so it, it's, you know, the threat level just keeps ramping and ramping, and you can feel that uh, through the way the story was told and everything. I, I really enjoyed that. So uh, an A on the story. Overall, I think uh, straight up A uh, on, on the overall issue. This this is good stuff. I'm en- I'm really enjoying it. Bill? Uh, it looks like Terminus on the cover is getting ready to take a nap, and he's reaching for his little Thor doll. <laughs> this is so sleepy. Um, I will give this a uh, give it an A minus B plus. The interior art, I'm not as jazzed on it as you guys are. I'm only going to give it a B plus. It's just not my jam, I guess. To to put it um but the story i i still like the story you know it's nice we've got a little background of what what terminus is or what it is uh so i'm gonna give the story an a so a minus b plus overall all right well got positive ratings from all of us Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so that'll be it for this one, and we'll move on to the next one sometime soon. But in the meanwhile, I'd like to read a little bit of email for you, because we've been, we've been a little lax on that. So our first one is from Mr. Luke Giaconetti, host of Earth I Destruction Directive. I know him, too. And the co-host of the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, and the co-host of Get Back to the Wrestling podcast. Luke says, or Luke's uh, subject is Back to the Binge, your one-stop shop for comics podcasting. Pliers of the Time Stream. While Back to the Binge has long been a personal favorite show of mine, listeners can look back on the archives and see that for a while, the show notes carried a pull quote from me each episode. The last few months have been really strong. And no, I don't mean because Paul, Dr. Bill, and Scott left for a while. (coughs) By the way, this is from January of... uh, 2020. Although I do appreciate the opportunity to be assistant editor again, if only to demonstrate that my brother does in fact read comics on occasion. I have been on a work assignment, which gives me about a 45 minute commute each way, plus 90 minutes of exercise time daily. So Bins has been a steady and reliable companion for me, as well as a chance to learn about areas of comicdom to which I am not aware. You have discussed books which I had no familiarity with, such as Machine Man, whom I know exclusively from his appearances over in Iron Man, the new Star-Lord, having not been introduced to Peter Quill until Annihilation, or the Mark Mark Miller Fantastic Four, which may have been for the best. Bins has always been an avenue for me to increase my comics knowledge, and lately that has been no different. 
I have always appreciated the general comics talk. Dr. Bill recently discussed the just-concluded, as of this email, Tony Stark Iron Man series, and how it seemed to be in its own little corner doing its own thing. Bill is right on about this, but even beyond that book, Marvel seems recently to have adopted the style to which I usually attribute to DC. Each book seems to exist sort of on its own, and maybe with maybe little connections here and there, but mostly self-contained. The events in Iron Man don't seem to spill outside of Tony's world. The same goes for other Marvel books I'm reading or have checked out, like Venom, Morbius, or Ghost Rider. Can you tell I got into comics in the 90s? Venom is a bit different because it was the launching point for an event, Absolute Carnage. But even that event only stepped into the pages of Venom and Amazing Spider-Man, with the rest of the story being told in minis or one-shots. So if you were reading ASM, yes, you had two issues, which were Absolute Carnage story, but you didn't need to track down about a half dozen other books just to read ASM. And if you were reading, say, Fantastic Four, you could safely ignore Absolute Carnage because it didn't interfere with the FF's title. I don't know if this is intentional choice by Marvel or a happy accident, but I appreciate it. In the case of Absolute Carnage, the story was originally pitched as a story strictly in the pages of Venom, but editorial said it was too big for that, thus the miniseries and one-shots, which suggests something of an intentional choice not to interfere with other ongoings. In a recent Money email, grab. Oh, yeah, that's what okay. it feels like to me when they expand those stories. In a recent email, Russell mentioned that he was closing in on finishing his Barry Allen collection, needing some in the 200s to finish. I'm in a similar position with my Iron Man collection, needing only about 30 issues or so, all below number 100, to have the entire run. Admittedly, some of those will be out of reach. I hear number 55 was the first appearance of some outer space bad guy that people like now or something. But it is at least... But it is at least... It is something to shoot for. While I have not stopped buying new comics, there is always something, some a somewhat indescribable feeling to pulling out one of those punch list comics out of a bin, knowing that you're one step closer to completing that elusive goal. I also have some somewhat more achievable collection started, which is to have all of the Atlas Seaboard comics. I like that goal some of which I have been lucky enough to cover on this show, specifically Target Number 1, uh, one of the most insane comics I own. Russell specifically mentioned pre-crisis on Infinite Earths in his email, reminding me I have to get on the ball about my Hawkman collection. While I have full runs of this of all of his solo titles from the 1980s forward, and a sizable chunk of his run as a backup feature, I actually own zero issues of his first series from the Silver Age. <clears throat> and so another target is set at the end of the range for me to strive towards. As an aside, I do want to say thank you very much, that I very much appreciate Russell's emails. They remind me of a time several years ago when I was the guy who emailed in all the time. So I feel like we may be on a sim on similar brain wavelengths in that respect. Thanks for letting me listening to me ramble on as well as the hours of podcasting fun and looking forward to whatever else comes out in the bins in the future. Luke. Thank you. I, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a pretty cool, uh, <laughs> pretty cool breakdown of a lot of lot of information. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I appreciate that Luke appreciates the new stuff that's coming out, uh, but I still don't. 
it's just just <laughs> not doing it for me. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm sure there's some good stuff mixed in there, but it just takes too much now for me to find it. I just can't. Right. So that's not going to happen. Uh, Luke actually sent also. Uh, he forwarded an email that I guess we never got around to reading. Uh, when we he was talking about our project when we read Fearscape. And he re-forwarded the email because I guess we lost it in the mix-up. He says, hey, fellas, just wanted to drop you a quick email to say that I have really enjoyed your coverage of Fearscape. Like you guys, I had never heard of the series, but after hearing your coverage of it, I am intrigued by the story and want to pick it up. Unfortunately, these small press books often fall through the cracks. That's just the nature of comics. So I really appreciate you shining a spotlight on a book which is so far outside of the comics normally covered on Back to the Bins. Paul, Dr. Bill, and Scott really did a wonderful job of doing the deep dive with this series and not just being a mere casual reader. Haha. <laughs> and while our fearless hosts always impress me with their incredible knowledge of comics histories and creators, hearing you espouse literary and philosophical musings brought a smile to my face. It is really amazing if you sit down with previews each month to really absorb the depth and width of comics being published today. There is stuff out there from all sorts of genres, all sorts of publishers, and all sorts of creators, and it has never been easier to get exact comics you want each month, whether you use a brick-and-mortar LCS or a mail-order service. Truly, this is a great time to be a comics fan. Thanks, and looking forward to whatever is pulled out of the bins going forward. Luke, I do agree that there is a very eclectic uh, you know, range of books out there. But I don't know that this is the golden age of being a comics fan, honestly, uh, which is one of the reasons why we've eschewed new books for, uh, you know, for, for a large part. Uh, Fearscape we came across because the uh, the writer actually forwarded us advance PDF copies of it. Otherwise, we never would have heard of it either. But uh, I, I can follow up by saying I did order and do I have received and own uh, a copy of the graph of the uh, trade of it now. So I, you know, I was inspired was, enough that I wanted to own it. It was nice of Luke to, you know, to include all three of us in that. But I, I just got to say, you know, you guys, you, you and Bill, uh, you guys really deserve all the credit for your coverage on that, which I thought was was really good coverage. But you guys, uh, you know, from my perspective, took the, took the bullet on that one because it <laughs> it just wasn't to my liking, you know. And and I really try with this show, you know, to be tolerant of other styles of comics that that aren't my my own you know i mean god knows we've we've covered a lot of those over over time you know wacky things like uh like f troop and uh, you know i did that <laughs> that silly disney you know christmas special there a couple of years ago you know things that we wouldn't normally read because you know of our, our, our tastes and interests but that one unfortunately just uh, was a bridge too far for me. So I I appreciate Luke throwing my name in there as well. But no, I I mean I I think I was only in just that one episode uh, of you know the multi episode coverage uh, of that series. So thanks for being kind, Luke. But I I don't deserve the accolades on that one. I I try to be tolerant of other genres, but I also try not to pander. And if I don't right. like something, I don't have a problem saying I don't like it. You know, right. We could. We could. Uh, yeah. What was the uh, the one recently where we disagreed? Oh, the Marvel Apes. You guys. You guys really enjoyed it. I. It just <laughs> didn't do anything for me. 
<laughs> so well yeah, part yeah. of the the thing with uh with fearscape as well was that it'd be different if 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 i had picked that up or or you know we had uh you know one of us had discovered it and then shared around a pdf or whatever as we often do then that's one thing but the fact that you know the creator or, or one of the creators of the series actually you know sent us a copy of that and was like you know here i'd like you to review this i i just didn't feel comfortable um, you know, if, if I wasn't going to enjoy it, then I, I didn't, you know, I, I don't want to piss in somebody else's pool. You know what I mean? Even if, even if that's what he wanted, you know, even if he wanted a complete on and begged us to do, you know, do it completely honest. If you hate it, I want to know. I, I still wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. It was, so to me, it was, uh, I, I just felt more comfortable to be like, you know, okay, not, not really my cup of tea, but thank you kind of thing, as opposed to, okay, let me be honest and just rip it to shreds, you know? The, the thing, the only disappointment with that one is, uh, you know, he sent us the PDFs, we reviewed it, and, you know, you're, you're not liking it aside. Bill and I were pretty high on it. Uh, and I reached out to him a couple of times to ask him if he wanted to be on the show to talk about it and never even got a response back, which I found disappointing. Wow. Well, the right, artist maybe now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> The artist was supposed to do a signing at my LCS, but because of things that Corona, happened, uh, my, 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 yeah, that never, uh, that did not happen. So, I mean, he's he's okay, right? I mean, he didn't like pass away. Or oh something. no, no, no. They just uh, you know because I don't even know if the LCS is going to make it. To be honest with you. But that's another topic. I mean, I, I had to ask because I'd, I'd hate to find out later on that we're like, oh, oh this I don't never got believe... back to us. And then you find out that like, he died or something. Well, it was the artist anyway. So. I certainly hope. No, I, I, I don't think anything. I don't believe anything has happened to him. So. Well, just to keep moving forward on the emails, because I don't want to fall too far behind. There's one from Russell Bragg, and it's dated February 16th. But it opens you up. You to read it? Yeah, go ahead. You, you take this one. I got this one. Avengers Spotlight 49.5. West Coast Avengers number four. Happy Thanksgiving, fellows. But listen to it close to Valentine's Day and President's Day. And, well, you know, we're responding to your email at the 4th of July. Or close <laughs> and to who it. knows when it's getting posted. That's knows, when we're recording. Yeah, <laughs> we, you may hear this around Labor Day. For, who knows? Hope your holidays were great. Had to work mine. I found a new mixed... I found a few mixed metaphors for you. This part was as good as the comic you brought to the table. Don't burn your bridge. Uh, don't burn your bridges till you come to them. We'll tackle that bridge when we come to it. Grasping at the straw that broke the camel's back. People are dying like hotcakes. Ooh, ooh, that's, that's so funny. Okay, we'll just gloss right over that. A few from Marchie like Bunker. Government of the people by the people and for the pursuit of happiness. Sleep, sleeping dogs bark the loudest. Might as well add some Yogi Bear in there. You, you can you observe a lot by watching. The future ain't what it used to be. If the world were perfect, it wouldn't be. <laughs> Those might not be mixed metaphors, but they are funny. You probably guess I don't have West Coast Avengers number four. I probably know less about these Avengers than I do the regular Avengers. Well, all you need to know is they're on the West Coast. So there you go. Would this whole miniseries clear that up for me? It would help. <laughs> Start. 
<laughs> it's a good place to begin. I guess the whole mini is collected in West Coast Avengers Assemble, one of those Marvel Premiere Edition hardcovers. Uh, there you guys go, making me buy stuff again. <laughs> yes, we Looks do. like you're closing in on the 50th episode of Avengers Spotlight. Shut up, Paul. Time sure flies. <laughs> We'll get. Well, I'm going to just say we will get the 50th episode when Bill finishes editing it. I look forward to what you come up with for that special episode. Yeah, so me fun. too. <laughs> Thank you for making me laugh and for entertaining me. It's always appreciated. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Mark this date down, everybody, and let's see when we get it. So on on the look, same. I already started it once, and I had to start over. So. On the same on the anyway. same topic, we have an email dated February twenty fourth from Sean Urbanski. Great episode. I love the four issue WCA origin story. Great to hear a couple of experts validate my appreciation of this miniseries. I oh, who did you have guys have on? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> stop right there and say we are just fans like everybody else. We are not experts of anything. Uh, read, read this from Marvel Premiere Classic HC, or read this from Marvel Premiere Classic HC and loved it. Read number four again after your podcast and enjoyed aspects of the art I missed the first couple of reads. Gotta say I was disappointed you failed to mention that Wonder Man's threads in issue two were the best ever. I can't remember his threads from the issue two, so I'll just take your word for that, Sean. Wasn't it the, uh, the Safari Jackets? I don't remember. I don't think so, but whatever. Whatever. Final thoughts. It wasn't that god-awful red and green outfit, was it? I don't want to insult whatever Sean thinks was the best outfit, because I don't know what it is, and it's fine. (laughs) Sean's just safari jacket. Yeah, the safari look was always my favorite, too. Yeah. I didn't mind the green outfit, honestly, but whatever. Final thoughts. One can never have enough fast-time references. One can never have enough fast time references. Note, the Jackson Brown song is first played when Stacey Hamilton knows, that's the biblical no, Ron Johnson at the dugout. When Damone loses his flower to Stacey, that's the second use of the song. Anyway, it had three future Oscar winners. Great film. Big underperformer actor who, who played Damone. Prior to fast time, he was Jodie Foster's boyfriend in the movie Foxes. By the late 80s, he was dating Natalie on Facts of Life. Enjoy Backs to the, Back to the Bins. Thanks, guys. Well, I, I happen to love the character of Damone. I think he's hilarious, so I'm glad to get that background on it. Thanks for the email, Sean, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. The next email, because I wanted to keep going for just a little bit longer, because we have a lot of email in the box, is uh, from I've got Chris McGee. Enough. You got Don't it? Don't make me angry. You got it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You know, I was making a joke about his name. Yeah, I know. I got it. McGee. He's probably never heard that before. Never. Just like, no, I never hear warning, warning, danger. (laughs) Real funny. Just heard the latest episode, and I loved every minute of it. Both Scott and Paul had some good selections and did a good job in reviewing their comics. I guess I wasn't on this episode. (laughs) Well, maybe you just didn't have any good insights. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe I didn't have a book. Put them Bob. For Cap 220, I give it a C minus overall. The art was the better part of the story for me since I, I always enjoy salvage some of his art. The story, however, was what dragged down the overall grade, which is kind of surprising since Don Glutt is, in my opinion, a very good writer. He, of course, did the novelization of The Empire Strikes Back, 
which you guys mentioned, and is one of the best yep. pieces, and is one of the best pieces of literature I have ever read. So I got to say, this was a bit disappoint. I was a bit disappointed by the story. I do agree with Scott. Scott always likes when people agree with him about the cover looking crowded. The yellow sky looks terrible, and Miss Veda would take first place in the Agatha Harkness lookalike contest. Great review <laughs> of a subpar issue. Uh, Superman Don, number. Uh, by the way, that Don Glue, he's he's a fun guy to follow on Facebook too. If you get a chance to uh, to follow him or friend him, um, I, I would recommend it because he he's 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 a good guy. Alrighty. Uh, Superman two. It's it's great to look at these Golden Age comics every once in a while. To me, they are like a time capsule, giving us a glimpse into how life was like back in the thirties. It also shows how different the Superman is from the modern version. I think this issue pre presented a very good moral dilemma. Sure, Superman likes to help people and make a difference in their lives. That's why he's Superman. But to impersonate Larry Trent, win several fights for him, and he's cheating because of, of his powers, and set him up for the heavyweight championship bout that Larry didn't earn, I feel is wrong. It's not fair to the other fighters who lost to Superman. How are their careers going to be affected because they lost an unfair fight against the Man of Steel? Hmm. I understand that Larry was wronged by his manager, but two wrongs don't make a right. But three lefts do. Remember that. <laughs> anyway, that's my take on the matter. Look forward to hearing more great reviews from Back to the Bins. Sincerely, Chris McGee. Yeah, Chris. I, I think I think we talked about that, and we we did have some issue about that as well. And if we didn't, we should have, because <laughs> well, you know, I, I kind of just write it off in my head, saying that the regular boxer would have beaten those guys anyway, and it was just giving him a chance to uh, train more and right the wrong that was perpetrated on him. But yeah, that's just justifying, you know, that's making the ends justify the means. But in reality, you're right. He should, if he was going to do it, he should have earned it on his own. Well, that, that's part of the reason why I selected that particular story to, to bring to the show, because at the time I was uh, really burning through um, Golden Age Superman stories. And a lot of those stories, while they're very fun. There's also a lot of them where there's a heavy element of what the hell, you know, like j just Superman doing things that you're just shocked that Superman is doing. And, and that story, I think that's one of the reasons I really love that story is that not only did I think it was just very sweet that, you know, he dedicates literally months of his time to helping out one down on his luck, you know, boxer, but that story just has a huge element of that, you know, where you're just like, wait, he did, he did what? And I love that about that story. So yeah, it may not be the most, you know, morally upstanding thing to do because at the end of the day, you know, yeah, he was cheating, but it, it still is a hoot to read. So yeah, that's why I picked that one. Can't, can't disagree with any of that. So we still have a couple of more pieces of email in the mail bin, but I think we're going to leave them in there till next time because I don't want to go on too, too long with this. Uh, so thanks, guys, for doing this again. It's always fun. And thank you, everybody, for listening.
Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Oh, does that mean we're leaving? Oh. <laughs> you know, was it? You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> Closing time. I don't but know the rest. This is my of... house. Get out, bitch. Ha, ha, ha.